G'day. Who am I? Well, my kids think I'm a farmer. My kids' teachers think I'm unemployed because I do the job off most days. Some people think I run a cult. Can you believe that? The truth? I'm just a country bloke from the bush who enjoys helping people take control of their own money. And in 2016, and then again in 2018, I don't mean to brag, I wrote the best-selling book in Australia. Yet, these days, I spend my time on a few projects that I'm especially passionate about. Who I am may be obvious to some of you, but to others, I'm just a man with no shoes. Nonetheless, you can find out next week, Cobra. Hi everyone and welcome to the 8th episode of Wilfred, what I learned from reading and educational discourse. Before I begin, can I get you to click that follow button at the top of the pod page. It allows you to seamlessly receive my content and helps me at the back end. If you're so inclined, please feel free to rate the pod 5 stars preferably. <laughs> Alright, shameless plug done, intro time. The intro from last week, as it always is, was a teaser for this episode. In case you forgot, the intro was spoken by two cheese-obsessed mafia mob mice. Oof, that was a mouthful. I'm trying to keep the intros fresh, but also tease the next episode coming up. Just so you know, this intro was no different. So let's get guessing. This time, like so many times before, I'd like to say thanks so much for dapping up the pod. It's good to have you here on Wilfred. Before I start, I want to say thank you as well to everyone who has supported me so far. Our list of international friends, last week included... Australia, Azerbaijan, Belgium, USA, Indonesia, UK, Switzerland, and Jamaica. And also since then, our family has grown, as we now have listeners in Singapore, Zimbabwe, and India as well. Dap your boy up and tell three friends about Willie Frederick, then encourage them to do the same. I need some organic growth, Chuffiel. This book, as I said in the last pod, is a short one in comparison to the other books I've covered thus far being just 95 pages total. Just like my skit from last week would suggest, it too is concerned with cheese. The book of the week is that of Who Moved My Cheese? An Amazing Way to Deal with Change in Your Work and in Your Life by Dr. Spencer Johnson. Dr. Johnson is also the writer of the best-selling book, The One Minute Manager, which has sold 15 million copies and has been translated into 47 languages, while the book of the week has sold 28 million. Not bad, huh? Anyways, the story of Who Moved My Cheese was created by Dr. Johnson to help him deal with a difficult change in his life. It showed him how to take his changing situation seriously, but not take himself too seriously. Additionally, the 28 million people Spencer has reached have kept their sense of humour, changed, and gained something better for themselves. His readers have reported improved careers, businesses, health, and marriages. It's important to understand that it is not what's in the story of who moved my cheese, but how you interpret it and apply it to your own situation that gives it value. Contrary to most episodes, instead of creating my own three subheadings and subsequent parts to the discussion based on the author's writings, I have instead read an accepted story of who moved my cheese, an amazing way to deal with change in your work and life, as well as a summary of what I've learned from reading it. As always, I recommend buying a copy of the Book of the Week yourself, highlighting key points and taking notes. Remember that it is only an excerpted story, so I may miss some pretty important parts of the story itself. 
I do this to encourage more sales of the author as well, as this content is thanks to them. I will also note that the direct quotes I provide remain the property of the author, and I do not claim ownership of any of these writings or ideas. Lastly, a little context. Who Moved My Cheese is a story about four characters. One, Sniff. Sniff is a mouse who uses his keen sense of smell to seek out change early. Two, Scurry. Sniff's mouse friend, who is fast-footed and scurries into action. Three, Hem, who is one of the two little people. Hem denies and resists change, as he fears it will lead to something worse. And four, Hoare. Hoare is Hem's little person friend, who learns to adapt in time when he sees changing can lead to something better. All four of these characters are stuck in a maze, seeking to find cheese. Cheese, of course, being a metaphor for what we want to have in life, whether it is a job, a relationship, money, a big house, freedom, health, recognition, spiritual peace, or even an activity like jogging or golf, as Dr. Kenneth Blanchard states in the foreword. Dr. Kenny Blanny also states, the maze represents where you spend your time looking for what you want. It can be the organization in which you work, the community you live in, or the relationships you have in your life. Alrighty, Bruce Almighty, that should be enough context to get things cracking. Let's jump into the content. Stephen, Stephen, I think Paul's joined a cult. He's talking about not paying ATM fees, and he has orange cards and all these horrible things. Let me get this straight, Martha. He's joined a cult because he has a new ATM card. Yes, well... No, he's also talking about alpacas and 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 going on dates with his girlfriend. Um, right. I'm going to go fishing. Part 1. Who Moved My Cheese? The Story Once, long ago, in a land far away, there lived four little characters who ran through a maze looking for cheese to nourish them and make them happy. Two were mice, named Sniff and Scurry. And two were little people, beings who were as small as mice, but looked and acted a lot like people today. Their names were Hem and Haw. Every day the mice and the little people spent time in the maze, looking for their own special cheese. The mice, Sniff and Scurry, possessing simple brains and good instincts, searched hard for the cheese they liked. The two little people, Hem and Hoare, used their complex brains to search for a very different kind of cheese, which they believe would make them feel happy and successful. Hem and Hoare did well, but at other times, their powerful human beliefs and emotions took over and clouded the way they looked at things. It made life in the maze more complicated and challenging. They each found their own kind of cheese one day at the end of the corridors in Cheese Station C. Days passed. They were all becoming very comfortable now that they had found their cheese. So much so that, eventually, Hem and Hoare moved their homes to be closer to it and built a social life around it. Sometimes, Hem and Hoare would take their friends by to marvel at their cheese. Hem said, We deserve this cheese. We certainly had to work long and hard to find it. After a while, Hem and Hoare's confidence grew to the arrogance of success. Soon they would become so comfortable that they didn't even notice what was happening. One morning, unlike Hem and Hoare, when Sniff and Scurry arrived at Cheese Station C, 
they discovered there was no cheese. They weren't surprised though, as they had noticed the supply of cheese had been getting smaller every day. They were prepared for the inevitable and knew instinctively what to do. They removed their running shoes from around their necks and ran off once more in search of more cheese. The mice did not overanalyze things. Later that day, Hem and Hoare arrived at Cheese Station C. They were unprepared for what they found. Hem yelled, What? No cheese? Who moved my cheese? It's not fair. Hoare just stood there, frozen with shock. While Sniff and Scurry had quickly moved on, Hem and Hoare continued to Hem and Hoare, and Hoare started to get depressed. Finally, he said, Where is Sniff and Scurry? Do you think they know something we don't? Hem scoffed. <laughs> what would they know? Hoare was insistent that they needed to do things differently, but Hem was convinced that they were entitled to their cheese. While Hem and Hoare were still trying to decide what to do, Sniff and Scurry went further into the maze. One day, they entered an area of the maze they had never been before, Cheese Station N. They could hardly believe their eyes. It was the biggest store of cheese the mice had ever seen. In the meantime, Hem and Hoare were becoming frustrated and angry and were blaming each other for the situation they were in. Sometimes Hoare would imagine going out on an adventure in the maze, finding fresh, new cheese. Let's go, he exclaimed all of a sudden. No, Hem quickly responded. I like it here. It's comfortable. It's what I know. I'm afraid I'm not interested in getting lost and making a fool of myself. Are you? With that, Hoare's fear of failing returned, and his hope of finding new cheese faded. Sometime later, Hem and Hoare tried numerous tactics, including knocking down a wall using tools in order to see if cheese was hidden inside. They tried to simply sit and wait as well to see if the cheese returned. But, unfortunately, all plans failed, and they were still without cheese. Finally, one day Hoare began laughing at himself. <laughs> Look at us. We keep doing the same things over and over again, and wonder why things don't get better. Where did you put our running shoes? He asked Hem. You're not really going out in the maze again, are you? Hem said. Now I realize I'm not going to put yesterday's cheese back. It's time to find new cheese, Hoare replied. Now convinced that he would return to the maze in search of cheese, Hoare used his imagination to paint the most believable picture he could with the most realistic details of him finding and enjoying the taste of new cheese. As Hoare prepared to leave, he started to feel more alive, knowing that he was finally able to laugh at himself, let go, and move on. Before he left, he wrote a message on the wall for him, which read, If you do not change, you can become extinct. Hoare ventured into the maze. He looked to his right, to the part where he had never been, and felt fear. He took a deep breath, turned right, and jogged slowly into the unknown. One day, while resting due to feeling weak, he decided that from now on, he would get out of his comfort zone and adapt to change sooner. It would make things much easier. Hoare had to admit 
that it was a challenge to be out in the maze again, looking for cheese. But it wasn't nearly as bad as he feared it would be. As uncomfortable as it was in the moment, in reality, it was much better than staying in the cheeseless situation. He was taking control, rather than simply letting things happen to him. Again, he wrote on the wall, Smell the cheese often, so you know when it's getting old. After having a near miss with finding an empty cheese station, Hoare felt like giving up. He wondered if Hem ever moved on, or if he was still paralysed by his own fears. He wrote on the wall a reminder for himself, as well as for Hem, if he was to find it. Movement in a new direction helps you find new cheese. After many days running through the corridors, Hoare realised something profound. He again stopped to write on the wall. When you stop being afraid, you feel good. Also writing, imagining yourself enjoying your new cheese leads you to it. Later, Hoare again found a new cheese station, this time with little pieces of cheese scattered around the entrance. To his dismay though, it was empty. He realised that if he had moved here sooner, he would very likely have found a good deal of new cheese here. He again wrote on the wall. The quicker you let go of old cheese, the sooner you find new cheese. One day, Hoare made his way back to Hem to offer bits of new cheese, but it was turned down. Hem stated that he wanted his own cheese back and wasn't going to change until he got what he wanted. Hoare just shook his head and returned to the maze on his own. He realised that, knowing that he had taken a new direction, nourished him and gave him strength. He stopped to write on the wall once more. It is safer in the maze than remain in a cheeseless situation. He also realised that the fear that you let build up in your mind is worse than the situation that actually exists. He'd been so afraid of finding new cheese that he didn't want to start looking. He used to believe that cheese should never be moved and that change wasn't right. He again stopped to write on the wall. Old beliefs do not lead you to new cheese. He now knew that when you change what you believe, you change what you do. You can believe that a change will harm you and resist it, or you can believe that finding new cheese will help you embrace the change. It all depends on what you believe. After continuing to not find cheese, but with this profound attitude change, Hoare used his imagination again and saw himself finding new cheese. By now, Hoare had let go of the past and was adapting to the present. He continued on through the maze with greater strength and speed, and before long, it happened. Hoare proceeded down a long corridor that was new to him, rounded the corner and found new cheese at Cheese Station N. Piled everywhere was the greatest supply of cheese he had ever seen. He wondered for a moment if it was real or just his imagination. That was until he saw his old friends Sniff and Scurry. Sniff welcomed Hoare with a nod of his head and Scurry waved his paw. Their fat little bellies showed that they had been there for some time. Hoare pulled off his running shoes, tied the laces together and hung them around his neck in case he needed them again. Sniff and Scurry laughed and nodded their heads in admiration. Hoare lifted a piece of cheese and made a toast. Hooray for change. As he ate, Hoare also thought back on trying to help his friend, Ham. He realised that he already tried to get him to change, 
and that he had left a trail of quotes for him to follow, if he could just read the handwriting on the wall. Hoare also promised himself that he would now regularly check the supply of cheese at Cheese Station N, and not become too comfortable and slip back into his old ways. He also continued to venture out into the maze, refusing to isolate himself in the comfort zone. Then, Hoare heard what he thought was a sound of movement out in the maze. Someone was coming. Could it be him? He said a little prayer and hoped that maybe at last his friend was finally able to move with the cheese and enjoy it. Stephen! Stephen, I can't believe you went fishing. Our boy Paul's in trouble. What do you want this time? I found out that Paul's cult is called the Barefoots. They don't wear shoes and they go into restaurants and drink expensive wine and do all kinds of unnatural things. Mum, you idiot, it's just a book. Calm down. See, they've corrupted his brain and he's talking back to his mother. Oh, goodness me. I tried so hard and got so far. But in the end, it doesn't really matter. What on earth are you doing? Hey, you've got your religion and I've got mine, you old bastard. Part 2. Discussion In the words of Ken Blanchard, In a world that is constantly changing, it is to our advantage to learn how to adapt and enjoy something better. This sums up the entirety of the book, in my opinion. For the cheese in the story is a metaphor, symbolic of whatever it is the reader yearns or strives for. What do you yearn or strive for? Do you hate your current job but feel stuck due to having children to support or a mortgage, rent or car payments? Do you feel trapped in the town in which you were raised, wondering what life outside the little bubble is like, fantasizing at work about travel or a new abode on the beach? Do you despise the way you look or feel due to your sedentary lifestyle, feeling too self-conscious to start at the gym Book a first appointment with an exercise coach or nutritionist due to the dread of being judged. Whatever that cheese is, both the cheese you have now, the safe cheese, or the cheese that seems too far from reach, the scary cheese. The age-old adage of whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right, holds true in all situations. We must first change our mentality. We must do this by looking objectively at our situation not subjectively. We must do this by the power of thought to visualize our success in the endeavor. And like Hoare, we must learn to laugh at ourselves and not take ourselves or our situation too seriously. In the discussion at the back of the book, there is a quote that reads, it's a lot better to initiate change while you can than it is to try and react and adjust to it. This is basically the theory of proactivity versus reactivity or prevention versus intervention, such as in medicine or the health sector. Like in health, where it is much easier to initiate change of exercise and healthy nutrition to prevent the causal effects of obesity and potentially such health issues such as CVD or type 2 diabetes, it is much easier to initiate change rather than react to such issues after they have manifested themselves. To summarise, here's what Hoare learned on his journey. 1. He started a change as soon as he learned to laugh at himself and what he had been doing wrong. 
2. The fastest way to change is to laugh at yourself and your own folly. 3. Be like Sniff and Scurry. Don't overanalyze and overcomplicate things. When the situation changed and the cheese had been moved, they changed and moved with the cheese. 4. Envision yourself in realistic detail, finding something better, much better. 5. Adapt faster. If you do not adapt in time, you might as well not adapt at all. 6. The biggest inhibitor to change lies within yourself, and nothing gets better until you change. 7. There is always new cheese out there, whether you recognize it at the time or not. You are rewarded with it when you go past your fear and enjoy the adventure. And lastly, 8. Some fear should be respected, as it can keep you out of real danger. I'll leave you with this. These realizations are shared by the author, I believe, to drum up some change, or at least the motivation to change, in his readers. Yes, it sums up the story nicely, but it's also purposefully motivating and applicable to our own lives. I would recommend putting these thoughts into practice, as always, as simply thinking about change is not enough. Only change can bring forth change. So let's all step out of our comfort zone and step into the unknown. Alright, that's it for this episode of Wilfred, what I learned from reading, who moved my cheese, an amazing way to deal with change in your work and in your life, by Dr. Spencer Johnson, an educational discourse. For any new listeners, I read and highlight a particular book, write a script, record, edit and release each episode of Wilfred, all within a week. As such, if you could please rate 5 stars and follow the pod, that would be much appreciated. Doing so keeps this podcast on your recommended episode list, making it easier to find me. You can also enable automatic downloads if this podcast tickles your pickle. I genuinely want you to succeed, excel and prosper in life, which is exactly why I'm releasing this free content on a weekly basis. Please know that your support is very much appreciated once again, wherever you choose to consume this content on Spotify or elsewhere. Thanks so much for the support. I hope this is extended to my next one. Until then, stay driven. Well, the only mouse in this neighborhood is our innocent neighbor, Frank Maxwell. Comrade Mouskowitz, did you think you could run forever? Hiya! I think you've got the wrong mouse. I'm just regular old Frank Maxwell, and I'm very late for work. Good day, ma'am. Oh, you killed him? That was not me. Someone else got to him first. Tough break, Jew mouse! Well, hi there, Peter Griffin. Uh, just to let you know, uh, in order to use another company's likeness, we need to provide commentary. Um, the commentary in this regard is that uh, Mickey Mouse hates Jews. Uh, and that's it. Uh,